Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Man in Sports Radio here on a Monday. It is a Monday, you know, kind of review of what happened in the NFL, what happened in college football over the weekend as yesterday kicked off week number one of the NFL 2017 season. As I have the results at least this year. I mean, last year, my predictions in week number one were prosthetic. And so much so, I had to play this, uh, this little uh, montage right here. Let's see if it to work. Yes. I had to play the song that I sucked because I had no clue. Yes, I did. I did. But not this year. Well, maybe I still suck a little. But not as bad as last year, week number one. Uh, prediction. I actually feel good about my predictions this week. Um, so much so I should get one back. I should have known better. But it is one of those things that Sonny Clark, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Sonny Clark has been accused of being a Dallas Cowboy hater. I've been accused of this. And I should have picked the Dallas Cowboys last week or or yesterday's game. Should have. Uh, Mainly because I do have some real hate for Eli Manning because the guy just sucked. But I expected Eli Manning to be able to beat up on this defense. That's how bad I thought the defense was. So What I got to admit is is that the defense might not be as bad as what it is, but you also got to remember, I don't think Eli Manning's a good offensive weapon for the New York Giants. So come next week, I still don't trust this Dallas Cowboy defense as much as I can pick them up and throw them. So if you feel that Sonny is being just a little bit too hard on your team, well, I'm being hard on him because that's just what I feel about him. But they did get the victory, so my Dallas Cowboy fans, my Dallas Cowboy area folks are feeling really good. But don't, don't, do not fall in love with what your Dallas Cowboys did yesterday because it's nothing compared to what the rest of the season really, really does have in store for you. Not all teams are going to be this bad on offense. Not all teams are going to have Eli Manning at the quarterback position, although you get him one more time, this time up in New York. But that having been said, there's still the, the, the hope for your Dallas Cowboys. You know, at least you get it for another six days. 
as the Dallas Cowboys will ride the this you know the high of getting the victory and Jason Garrett will say all the right things because he is a puppet. Yes, I said it. He is a puppet. But you got to be happy with what's going on there. Cuervo is going to be joining us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. I'm going to go over a little bit of news outside of the games that we're going to talk about. I'm going to jump on to Ezekiel Elliott. The NFL is not wasting any time. And not only that, they're not playing any games with Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, whatever the case may be, the NFL wants to make a statement here. And you've got to understand the statement. And, I, and I'm not going to get into guilt. I'm not going to get into should he be able to uh, play and stuff like that. I'm going to talk about the simple fact that the NFL is not playing games about domestic violence. Okay? And the reason why they're not is because if you get too many women ticked off at you and the NFL has full experience of this, if you get women mad at you, they will make things tough on you. And that is what's going on. So the NFL, so they can save face, are appealing what we talked about yesterday, as I didn't even know about the decision that came down to uh, for Ezekiel Elliott to play. Now the NFL makes that move and says, uh-uh, sorry, we're appealing this whole thing. So the NFL moved quick. Um, they want to reverse that federal judge's decision that blocked the league's six-game suspension. I think they're going to win it. But here's the thing. How long is that appeal going to last? So that's going to be the big question. So the NFL latest filings came about 12 hours after Ezekiel Elliott ran for 104 yards in the 19-3 victory over the pathetic Eli Manning and New York Giants. And it was god-awful for the Giants and made me eat so much crow that I got a, I got a wing caught in my throat. And a friend of mine knows a little bit about eating crow because we do it a lot on this show um, as far as answering, answering for our picks, answering for what we do, you know, on a weekly basis when we come up here and we put our reputation of what we think is – a good pick. So that having been said, my co-host here, uh, who is here, and I've got to just slide right down here. And where is it? Where is it? Right there. And then I hit that button right there. In case you didn't know. Here comes the fine co-host of this program. It's Cuervo on a Monday morning here at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. How you doing, my friend, over there? Lunchtime, I imagine, 11 o'clock. What's going on, big dog? Sonny Clark, what's up? What's up? <laughs> hey, a pretty pathetic game last night watching the Dallas Cowboys, you know, keep Eli Manning in exactly where I thought he would suck, although I thought the defense of the Dallas Cowboys would make Eli Manning look like a professional football player and a guy who actually doesn't suck. But, you know, keeping up with tradition, Eli Manning shows that he still sucks and can't get the job done even with the defense that, hey, everybody's going to praise that defense today. Congratulations. Wait till week two. That's all I got to say about that defense. But 
you know, as far as Eli Manning is concerned, Eli looks like the Eli Sonny Clark knows very well, and that's just a guy that's just not that good. Yeah, Sonny, and, you know, a lot of people are trying to give credit to the Dallas Cowboy defense, but I, I, I don't even think that's the case. Really, what this, what this said to me was, boy, how valuable is Odell Beckham Jr. to this offense? I mean, it looked like a totally too. different offense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just it wasn't dynamic. It wasn't uh, it wasn't explosive. I mean, when you don't have arguably the best receiver in the game playing, uh, you know, out for out for a game with the ankle injury, I mean, it's it, it definitely. I mean, think about it. How, how did the Steelers look without Antonio Brown? How do the, uh, the even I would, I would even argue a team like the Houston Texans without DeAndre Hopkins. How do those teams look without their star receivers? Um, you know, it's, it's 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 the same question you can ask across the board for all these teams. And you know, we we've we've seen what the Steelers can look like without Brown. It's not very good. We've seen uh, what Beckham, you know, without Beckham, what the Giants look like. They put up they put up a whopping three points. So really, I mean, although you don't want to pay receivers uh big time money because, you know, I mean, they're a dime a dozen in reality. Um, but when you do have a special one, like, like the Steelers and the giants and teams like that have, um, it really goes to show that, you know, at least, at least while they're in their good young years, you know, there's nothing wrong with, throwing a little bit of money their way. I wouldn't sell the farm to, to keep them. Um, but, I, I mean, those are guys that you definitely want to uh, utilize, at least while you can. Yeah, and it, exactly. And I don't know if he's worth the money that he's estimated to get. However, it was mm-hmm. plainly obvious that they needed him yesterday, without question. And I'm not even going to say they would have won with Odell Beckham because Eli was just that bad. The passes were behind receivers. They weren't even close. Uh, short. I mean, it, it just proves to me that I've been right for the last three years. This guy is, you know, he's definitely not his brother, and luck is on his side sometimes. But as far as a full talent each and every game, a guy you can depend on to be that consistent quarterback that you need to be your leader, just Eli Manning is not that guy. Yeah, well, you know what's funny, in, in, in Eli's defense, and I'm not, and this is not to make the argument that that he still is a good quarterback. I will say this though: without Beckham, and with the exception of Sterling Shepard, which is the only guy on that, uh, you know, out of those receivers and, and tight end that he's he has that rapport with already that he's used to playing with. So. What I would say is I, I don't think the timing is down yet with guys like Brandon Marshall and the rookie Evan Ingram. So the, the timing seems like it's not there yet. But that's why you saw Shepard as the leading receiver last night as opposed to a guy like Marshall who you would expect or maybe even a guy like Evan Ingram, the, the uh, rookie tight end. So, um, you know, to me, uh, in Eli's defense, I think that's what it could be too. You know, it's, it is week one. Uh, let's not overreact here. I think it's going to look a little bit better as the weeks go on for the New York yep. Giants. And again, Sonny, I'm not advocating as Eli Manning still being elite quarterback. I'm just saying I think it's going to look a little bit better as as the weeks go on. 
We'll see what happens. I don't think he could perform too much worse than he did yesterday. Uh, I'll knock on wood for Eli Manning fans that that doesn't happen in his case. Uh, yes. The first game up on, you know, besides the one we just got done talking about, you pick this one over my pick, Arizona. Arizona looked like a depleted, you know, broken wing cardinal. Uh, you know, just reminded me of the – you know, the 90s and the early 2000s of this football team being mediocre. Um, and they look like they, they look like they're going to make my prediction of the Arizona Cardinals uh, winning the NFC West make me look stupid in the side. That having been said, the Detroit Lions, you know, they started off a little bit shaky as Arizona got up on top in this one, 10 to nothing in the first quarter before nine was scored in the second quarter from Detroit. But then it was that fourth quarter thing going on. And we talked about it. I don't know what it is about this football team, but they know how to win games now in the fourth quarter. Um, and they did it again as they went into the fourth quarter behind. They scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, get a 35-23 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, well, you know what I see, Sonny, is, is a, is a uh, rejuvenated, confident Matthew Stafford. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, rejuvenated, confident, um, obviously very happy, especially in the wallet. So, yeah, um, you know, Matthew Stafford seems like a new man. Um, and I think I think I really now I think you really have to start believing that um, him having Calvin Johnson, I think, was holding Matthew Stafford hostage of showing what he can really do as a quarterback. Um, you know, and it should never be that way. It should never be, hey, I want this many targets or hey, I need this many catches or but it kinda you kinda get that feeling. You can't help but think like maybe that's what it was. Maybe maybe Calvin Johnson was holding Matthew Stafford back because he wanted the ball so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. And now Absolutely. I mean I mean Ebron was involved. Uh, and I think they found themselves a nice star receiver in uh, I think his name is Galloway or Callaway or I forget his name, but I mean that's that's a big time. He made some big time plays yesterday. Um, Galloway, you would have thought four that. catches, sixty nine yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean the numbers don't scream out at you too much, but you had to watch the game to really see the impact that that kid made. Um, so, Absolutely. You, you know, only four catches, two of them are for touchdowns. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, Sonny, but I mean, again, watch the watch the uh, watch the game, watch the film, and you're gonna yep. see that this is this is a kid, and he he even balled out in the preseason too. That's where it really started to show that the potential in this kid, and um, he showed it yesterday too against against the starting Arizona Cardinals defense that I still think is good, and um, you know they got to pick six in the first quarter. Uh, after that though, it just kind of faded away and. Matthew Stafford figured it out. So, um, yeah. you know, good win for the good win for the Lions. Uh, as far as the Cardinals ah, right now, very uh, they need to be worried about the health of David Johnson. You know, he yeah. uh, goes out with that wrist injury, and uh, I think I think Cardinal fans are holding their breath to see how bad it is. If they're not holding their breath, they need to. Carson Palmer three interceptions uh, yesterday. Uh, the difference between the game and reality. He didn't have a bad uh, outing at 26 to 48, 269. Um, but Larry Fitzgerald still does, still makes good plays. 
six catches, 79 uh, or 74 yards, and uh, Johnson mm-hmm. catching the ball. And I talked about this. If they're going to win football games, they got to get Johnson in the open field. They found him six times, 68 yards, but he fumbled once as well. Um, so they got to learn how to hold on to the ball uh, because he wasn't rushing the ball very well. 11 rushes, 23 yards, uh, on, and that fumble there too. So uh, Johnson had two fumbles in that game, which is a big decision. So they got or, uh, a big uh, reason why you've seen this victory here for the, uh, for the Lions. Uh, you've got to make sure that you get all those things done because Arizona, if you look at the numbers, they dominated the game within the numbers except for the interception. So you've got to watch out that because Arizona had 24 first downs. Detroit only had 19. Um, so you, 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 when you're looking at the numbers, one of the things that I like to see, how much are they moving the six? And that's what happened. Arizona moved the six, but those, those uh, interceptions and then the two fumbles, five turnovers for the Arizona Cardinals. They better get that Oof. thing straightened out brutal. before it gets too far for them. That is brutal. So the Arizona Cardinals got a lot of work to do and a good victory for the Detroit Lions yesterday without question. So next game that's up on board is your, your – hey, you've got something to be happy about, okay? you got a rookie running back there in Chicago, okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, they put Atlanta on their heels – we were talking about this game is that if Atlanta just comes out of victor, this is going to be good so they can move forward in week number two, week number three. If they would have lost that game, Cuervo, I would have, I would have thrown Atlanta under the bus for the rest of the season. They do get the victory, although in not great form, you know, nothing, nothing. In other words, nothing to write home to mama about. You can't be too happy about it, but, um, 21 to 30, 321 and a touchdown uh, for Matt Ryan and uh, Hooper it, with two catches, 128 yards and a touchdown helped the Atlanta Falcons get a victory over your Chicago Bears. But I'm going to tell you, you got to be happy what you got going on in that rookie running back. Oh yeah, um, you know, and, and, and from the moment that they they drafted him, um, I started to do my research on Tariq Cohen right away. I mean. You know, whenever you hear comparisons to Darren Sproles, who Darren Sproles was compared to Barry Sanders when he came out of college, yes. uh, that's mm-hmm. something to be excited about. So, and it showed on the field yesterday. Um, you know, he he's 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 small, uh, just like a Darren Sproles, but boy, he can he can move around the field, you know, with ease. And and I just what I like the most is how they utilized him. I mean, they they had him catching passes. They ran him yep, out of the backfield, and then, and then the, the the touchdown that Jordan Howard had, they had a, like a wildcat setup where Cohen was at, run, at quarterback, handing off to Jordan Howard. So, um, you know, I really like how they utilized him. Uh, so, um, yeah, of course, I'm excited about uh, about him. And I mean, overall, I, I I love the way the Bears played. You know, against they think- weren't. I mean, they weren't scared. That, that first and foremost, the Bears were not afraid of the Falcons, you know, just because they're the big, bad NFC champions. Like, they didn't back down, and, and, and the defense showed that. I mean, with the exception of the, the one long touchdown play to the tight end, I mean, the Bears' defense held their own against a potent Falcons offense. So, um, you know, overall, even though they lost the game, um, and I don't believe in moral victories, I'm still 
pleased with the way the Bears looked. And I think hey, there's, I'm, I'm I think all there's for moral hope. victories. I'm all for moral victories for bad football teams, and that's what your Chicago Bears are. And you, you're you're not too far gone to realize they're not. This is a good moral victory yeah. for a couple of reasons. Number one, of that rookie running back and getting him in the passing game. Eight receptions, 47 yards, a touchdown, rushed the ball five times for 66 yards, average of 13 yards a carry. Um, so you, you, you got to like what you're seeing there. But what I think is most important is Mike Lennon. I mean, 26 of 40, only 213 yards and a touchdown, but the stat that is important here, two of them. Number one, no interceptions and no, no interceptions, turnovers. Yes. Those will, if you can consistently do that in the NFL, you're going to get some wins, and you might even be the team that you shouldn't be. Um, so I, I am about the moral victory. I, I still don't think Mike Lynn is the right guy. Um, but as far as what the Bears did yesterday, I think you're right. I think they got to be somewhat, I'll say somewhat happy about what they did out on the football field. Oh, and I, I most definitely am. But like you said, I mean, you know, the the, the thing I'm, I'm most happy about is, num- like I said, number one, they weren't afraid of the Falcons. And number two, like, as you mentioned, they didn't turn the ball over. So, yeah, I love when the Bears don't turn the ball over because what if what has happened the past few years with the Chicago Bears? It's been turnover city uh, thanks to uh, one Jay Cutler. So, you know, the fact that Glennon – you know, you can make fun of him all you want, you got how goofy he looks or how, you know, how much he sucked in Tampa Bay, whatever the case may be. As a starting quarterback, his first game as a Chicago Bears starting quarterback, um, I'll take it every time. One touchdown, no interceptions, I'll take that every single time. Um, yep. You know, and as long as the defense holds their own, I'm telling you, Sonny, that they're going to compete in the NFC if they continue, if they play the way they did yesterday. Um, Absolutely. You know, to, to, to be able to, have an opportunity just just having the opportunity to win that game yesterday was gave me all the hope I needed as a Bears fan for the rest of the not just for this season but for the future in general I mean you know I mean the the defense looked uh looked you know exceptional um you know again the exception of that one long touchdown play I thought they played a great game um didn't really give up anything big um, I mean, they held the, they held Devontae Freeman and that rushing attack to, to 70 yards, I believe it was. So under 100, yeah. that's a positive. Matt Ryan got beat up. That's a positive. So what that means is they it's get pressure on the quarterback. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah, they lost by six points. Hey, there wasn't really much expectation to win that football game in the beginning. But for them to yep. – Actually, with 30, if you had told me 30 seconds to go in the game, okay, the Bears haven't turned the ball over the whole game, and you have the ball on the 10-yard line, I'm like, okay, either we're closing this thing out or or we're winning. One of the two. So, Absolutely. For, yeah, for, for them to, you know, go down by six points to a much better Falcons team, yeah. I'm I'm good with that, and you know next 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 Sunday they've got Tampa Bay. That's another big challenge for them. Uh, it'll be it'll be good to see how they perform against a team that I think is a little more on their level, so to speak, uh, and not 
not uh, superior to them. I think I think they can compete with Tampa Bay uh, based on how they played yesterday. So who knows? I, I actually I actually have a good feeling the Bears could win that game. Yeah, it it could be that'll be something to look at. I don't I don't know if I'll go that far. I'll look a little bit, but you gotta be happy as a Bear fan moving into next game. We're up on the board, and this one turned out to be a game where. Uh, this was the one that we differed on, the second one that we differed on, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. And yet nothing fancy as far as the Ravens were concerned, but the Cincinnati Bengals looked like the bungles of the past in this one. Um, as you take a look at a team where you got you know nine penalties in the game, that's going to kill you, even though Baltimore had 11. You, you can't have that many penalties in, the, in a football game. Um, as far as that's concerned. But Cincinnati, uh, four interceptions coming from Andy Dalton. One of them tipped, so I guess, you know, the defender is the one that tipped it up in the air. But you take away from that, that's still three interceptions. Uh, too much, too, you know, and it don't matter what else he did, which wasn't much, 16 to 31, 170 yards. But he didn't even throw a touchdown pass. Uh, A.J. Green, five targets, only 74 yards. So, um, the Bengals got a lot of work to do uh, moving into it, but the Ravens, there was something about this game that made me leery about Cincinnati. Even though this game was at home, there was something about the Cincinnati Bengals that scares me each and every time they go out on the football field, and one of them is Andy Dalton. Um, but the fact that they did not even make the connection really too much with with Green, the Dalton to Green connection wasn't very evident. And that's one where you're talking about you got to watch the game. The numbers are halfway decent, but if you don't watch how bad the Bengals played yesterday, um, you, you know you would think that they might not have had too much of a bad game outside of Andy Dalton. The defense played fairly well, Cuervo, um, without a, but it did show they were missing the two guys that we were talking about. They were missing Pac-Man Jones, and they were missing the other guy on the other side as well, and that uh, Burfett makes a big, big difference out on the football field for these uh, Bengals. Uh, hello, waiter. Yes, I would like the uh, Crow Buffet, please. Thank you. Um, because that, that, I, that, I ate it on the Arizona game, so I'm right there with you. I had barbecue sauce with mine. Yeah, well, at least Arizona scored a point, Sonny. Cincinnati <laughs> didn't even score a freaking point. And I'm like, yeah, start Andy Dalton if you got him. Boy, was that bad advice. So, Jersey, if you're listening, yeah. my apologies, buddy. I, I really thought Cincinnati at home, at home, but at least have a better showing than a big fat goose egg, you know, at like, home. Boy, oh boy. I, it, I mean, you want to talk about flat, like we're talking like a year old soda flat. That's how the Bengals looked yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Like they a year old they soda. did not look ready for this. They did not look ready for any team in the NFL. Never mind the Ravens and the, the Ravens, but, you know they got they got a lot of challenges of their own, but they stood up to them and and did a very good job yesterday. I'm gonna tell you something, Sonny. If that happens again in a divisional game, um, Marvin Lewis is probably cleaning his his office out. He's done, I think he's done. I, I mean, you can't continue to to sit here and think that Marvin Lewis is going to be the guy 
that gets your football team to the next level. If you can't score a damn point against yep. a divisional opponent in week one of the uh, of the regular season, if that I'm telling you, Sonny, if that happens again, I think Marvin Lewis needs to go. It's it's it's. I mean, how many? Well, how I, many more chances are they going to get this guy? When we started this show, in fact, I think my first show was about what a phony this guy is and how he keeps a job. Uh, so we've been doing this but, show for nine years, Cuervo, um, he, and he manages to do it. But you know, th- this this was bad. It, you know, not only that. Yeah, you're right. You know, we talked about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, not only the four interceptions, he also had the fumble as well. But here's the thing. Andy Dalton threw that ball if you it, on the one that got tipped up by, uh, by Terrell Suggs. He hit him in the helmet, square in the face. I mean, I don't know what he was looking at or what kind of defense he was reading, but they hit him in the face mask. I mean, that, mm-hmm. I mean. I, I don't know. The Cincinnati Bengals have got to do something, whether it's a change of the quarterback, head coach, whatever the case may be. I can't believe Andy Dalton is that, this bad. But let's be honest, he hasn't been able to get him over the hump. He, you know, they got him to the playoffs and he got hurt, so we don't know what would have happened. But Cuervo, this one, this one was bad for Andy Dalton. Yeah, this is, it was a bad showing, just overall for the team and. I mean, I honestly, yeah. I know you mentioned the injuries, you know, Burfick, Man Jones. Honestly, the as flat as they look, I don't think it would have made a difference if they played or not. It, it, it was just that bad of a performance. And yeah. just, it, felt, uh, it just felt like the Bengals were not ready for that game. And I don't know if it was a mental thing. Um, I don't really think it's a physical thing, so it had to have been mental. I just, I just feel like yeah. they just weren't there mentally. Um, I don't know if they're ready for a bye week already or something or what, but it just (laughs) they just weren't there. Definitely ugly football game, and another you know ugly performance out on the football field happened you know by the Houston Texans. Although they got Sean Watson in there fairly quick, I think that guy's going to be a stud. Uh, But my Jaguars had a good game. Didn't expect them to win this game either. By the way. Um, you know, as Bortles won happy, 11 to 21 for a whopping 125 yards and a touchdown. Um, but it, what happened in that game was a big time defense coming their way uh, with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars D there, uh, Cuervo. Yeah, you should be you should be excited, Sonny. They got themselves a nice win yesterday. Um, it's a nice win, but it's against it's against the Houston Texans. I'm not I'm not impressed. But it well, was a divisional game, so that's a good thing. You can't say that you're not impressed, Sonny, because you picked Houston to finish second in this division. So the fact that the Jaguars beat the team that you feel is going to finish second in this division with a healthy J.J. Watt, with a healthy Jadavion Clowney, with a healthy uh, rookie quarterback, everybody healthy, right? Week one, that's how it goes for the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jacksonville, you know. Hey, no, don't, don't you got, do you got it. Don't, don't be sucked. Don't be sucked no, I'm not. in by it because here's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to tell you what happened. I watched. For week one, I, watched, I am sucked in. Yeah, okay, all right. You can get drunk in week one on this, but there's a couple <laughs> of things I want you to keep an eye on, okay? As much as I liked Fournette yesterday, and I did, 
that one thing that is really going to hurt him is if he doesn't see the field better than what it was. When he went diving for that one to get into the end zone, if he just looked a little bit left, there was a oh, I know there was a hole there. Just to walk in, just to he, the, walk he, in. Pater was right there, Sonny. I saw that. Oh. The Pater was right there, and he ran man. right into the right into the mob oh, line. Man. I'm like, what it, are you it, doing, it, dude? I don't it, that, and I was watching it and I didn't see it on the initial play. It's when they put the instant replay up. How yeah. big that hole was! Yes. It was that yes. where if he would have popped, stopped, went left, he was in the end zone. And what what is the result of that? Is is that he's taken unnecessary hits, and that's what happened on that one. By the way, if you watch, he took a pretty good pop on that one as well. So you, mm-hmm. if you're living for that, you better watch yourself. Not saying that you didn't have a good game. Not saying that I'm not – and I am impressed with the Jaguars getting the victory without question. Um, 26 rushes, uh, 100 yards, touchdown, and he also caught three passes for 24. So, you know, you, you got your guy, but now it's up to you and the team to keep this guy healthy because without Leonard Fournette, I'm going to tell you right now, this could get a long season for him. So they better make sure that they protect him the right way, which in turn is Leonard Fournette needs to see the field better than what he did. He can't be that rookie that says, I'm going to that left, that right-hand side regardless. The greats see that hole. The greats just walk mm-hmm. through that hole. And right now he's pretty good. I don't know if he'll ever be great, but he has to see the field better. But, you know, the, yeah. whatever you want, I, you know, I don't know. You know, first of all, they should have started Watson regardless. I mean, at the quarterback position, it, it, it was actually a disgrace that Tom Savage went in there, and it was, it was an ugly scene out there on the football field. So I love what they got in Watson. I think that young cat is going to be pretty good until he gets filmed and they figure him out. But that right. might be good and, and for a couple of wins and get them in a pretty good playoff. So I feel better more about what Houston found in Deshaun Watson more so than what the Jaguars have in Leonard Fournette. Well, I mean, because you're talking about the quarterback position, Sonny. It's the most important position in the game of football. So, I mean, yeah. of course, when you when you when you find a guy that you can see potentially as your future quarterback, yeah, of course you're going to be more excited about that than you are. Uh, uh, you know, star tailback. So, right. Um, you know, it, but my thing is, it, it the Jaguars now uh, are probably going to need to lean a little bit more on Fournette. And prayers to Allen Robinson, who went down with a torn ACL. I feel bad for that guy. I really do. I mean, you know, he he's he's. It just seems like he's got all the talent, and he just can't catch a break. You know, I mean, it's it's been it's been injuries. It's been just lack of production. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, so with that said, I mean, it, it's now that your best receiver on your team is, is gone down. Um, yep. You know, the, the, it might force the Jaguars to be a little more balanced offensively, um, which, which could be good news for Blake Bortles where he can kind yes. of, you know, rely on, on the running game a little bit, mask a little uh, of, the lack of, you know, the lack of production that that he would have had, uh, you know, if he just hands it off, you know. I mean, the numbers may not look as bad this year if they run the ball a little bit more. So, you know, with that said, I mean, it, it, it's I think I think, you know, it's unfortunate that Robinson goes down the way it is, but it actually kind of 
benefits Bortles because now you don't have to rely on his arm as much based on what you saw with Fournette yesterday. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see We'll see how the Jaguars play this thing out, but I expect a little more balance in their offense from, from now on. You bet. It, it, it's something that they can keep track of, and it should be an interesting rest of the season. We'll watch for that one as it goes on. The Jaguars, they get up there. They get their victory for the first time this season. Next one that's up up on the board here, Cuervo, as we're looking in the mall, as it was the Jets and Buffalo Bills. No big surprise here in reality. We both picked the, yeah. the Bills to win, so there wasn't anything big in this game that really surprised me, shocked me, or brought anything out um, as I was watching it. Although, Buffalo, I think, you know, squandered a couple of other opportunities to score more. Um, they got a good victory, 21 to 12, but that could have been easily 28 or 30 or 34 or 35. So, it, right there, that's the point in that one, I guess. Yeah, not much to talk about with this game, Sonny. I mean, I think we expected um, what we saw in this game. Uh, you know, Shady McCoy, the running game of the Buffalo Bills was pretty. It was pretty run heavy. Uh, the yep. defense made some plays. Um, I mean, it, it, I mean, Sean McDermott is their head coach now. Um, so, yep. congrats to him on his first win as a head coach. Um, but it, it is a defensive-driven uh, team now with. Or still, I should say, with with McDermott at the head coach position, um, but you know, I, I mean, offensively, I, I, you, I, they did a little bit better than I thought they would. Um, they didn't ask for a much out of Tyrod Taylor. Um, he did just enough to get to get them in a scoring position most of the drives, and then, you know, Mike Tolbert goes in for a touchdown. Uh, the running game, the running game was pretty solid, and I mean, you know, the Jets are the Jets, Sonny. I mean. I think I saw. Didn't McCown go down in that game, or uh, he went down for a little bit, but he came back in. Yeah. So, um, boy, you better hope he stays up because asking Christian Hackenberg to take over. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You might, you might, you might as well go ahead and uh, you might as well go ahead and call it a season. I mean, yeah, the hack, the hacking, yeah. the, the hacking stack is what I call them. So, yeah, I, and now next, yes. Next, next one up on the board, and this one got me, Cuervo, I got to admit. And we both thought we would see a little bit more out of Tennessee uh, yesterday. This one was heartbreaking, although uh, the Oakland Raiders, you know, even though with some of the injuries that they went into this game, they were able to abstain going cross-country. This is a good team that goes from cross-country. Last year they got a couple of really good wins, uh, you know, going cross-country. They discontinued it against a fairly good Tennessee Titan football team, um, as we both expected Tennessee to get the victory in this one. Um, That, however, didn't happen. Yeah, and that's not to say that we don't think the Raiders are are a good football team, and we both picked them to pick the AFC West. So yep. it has nothing to do with the it's fact that we don't that. like the Raiders and they're your Super Bowl picks. So it's not that yep. we don't like the Raiders or we don't think they're good. It's just going to the East Coast, uh, first game of the season. Um, yep. You know, it, it just kind of felt like uh, this isn't set up well for the Raiders to get to get a victory. But, I mean, they pulled it off. I'm going to tell you, the secondary looked better than I thought they would in that game. So, I yeah, agree. I mean, you know, breaking up passes in the end zone. Um, you know, just not allowing big plays in reality, that's, that's, uh, 
the, you know, the, the secondary was impressive. Uh, they did they, yeah. the expectations they far exceeded what I thought they would do in that first game. So a lot of credit goes to that secondary of the Oakland Raiders. So um, nice win for yeah, them. And of course, I mean, the debut of, of Marshawn Lynch, it don't, does it, it don't look like he missed a beat, huh? Uh, to me, it didn't look like he missed a beat. Not one bit. I mean, running over guys, uh, catching passes and even do, even doing flips when he drops a pass. So, um, yeah, you know, I thought I thought he looked good in the Raiders uniform. Uh, um, it, it, it kind I'll of he uh, looked better than I right. expected. That that's for sure. And that 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 means he was pretty close to what he was before. My question with, with him is always, and I, I, you know what? I think he's secretly bought into the fact that if he doesn't get time, it's not going to hurt his feelings. Uh, but the second mm-hmm. time, he's going to just take the advantage of the opportunities. He's just going to be Marshawn Lynch, and it's just something that people that, you know, don't necessarily like him, um, that, yeah, you know, it, you just deal with it. But Marcus Mariota didn't do anything fantastic, but didn't do anything, you know, you know, horrible yesterday. It was just more of the defense not showing up there. Mar- Mariota, 25-41, But the problem is he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but – he spread the ball around Cuervo to seven different wide receivers. When you got a guy that's going to do that, you, you watch out. Tennessee is going to find a way to win some football games that they probably shouldn't um, because of the fact that he can spread the ball around uh, out there, and that is going to be really good for him as he moves forward. The problem with this football team is, is that they only had one offensive score. That's got to change as, as you're moving forward into this uh, uh, moving into this uh, season here early in the season you've got to be able to get real points on the board not just your kicking game doing the job yeah I would say that's probably the one downfall I mean they they had to rely on four field goals from their new kicker Um, and you know they only scored what two touchdowns in that game so I, I would have expected a little bit more from the Raiders offense um, but you know, again, I mean, it's it's still week one, Sonny. I mean, there's there's no you, you never know. The, the Raiders could put up a fifty burger next week, uh, for all we know. So you know, with exactly. that said, I mean, well, I was talking about Tennessee. I was talking about Tennessee. Oh, I thought you were talking one about the Raiders. Yesterday. Yesterday. It, yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, they, I, you, I, you, you got to get honestly, that ball in the end zone, Cuervo. They had many opportunities to do well, it too. Well, you know what's funny? I, I don't have a computer in front of me. Is it me, or does it seem like the the Titans kind of abandoned the run yesterday? And 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 maybe they should. And they really didn't have a reason to because the game was close. But if I'm not mistaken, I really didn't see the Titans run the football. Well, the only so time I don't they know ran the, the football. It was it was Demarco Murray, twelve rushes, uh, forty four yards, and then Henry. Six for twenty-five, but it was Mariota three rushes, twenty-six yards, and the touchdown. So, um, you know, Mariota using his legs to get in there—that doesn't surprise me. But I want to see more of the passing game, more of the rushing, the real rushing game, the real running back scoring the touchdown, and not Marcus Mariota. So, not sure. granted, he got in there and got that job done. But, you know, Ryan stuck up three. He had to make three field goals in order for him to score 16 points in this game. They were, they were you know, primed, and they were near the red zone quite a bit. 
They just got to be mm-hmm. more successful in the in the uh, red zone. Yeah, and and you know, and again, I mean, it's just utilizing your weapons in the in the red zone. Um, and as we saw yesterday, it just it just kind of seemed like uh, it was a little predictable. Um, I think yeah. they maybe go out, yeah. go outside the box a little bit, maybe uh, you know, move some guys around. I mean, they got they've got some weapons. I mean, the rookie Corey Davis. I mean, that's I mean, you're talking about a six foot four rookie receiver that you just drafted in the first round and you didn't give him a back shoulder or a fade route or some sort of jump ball because I have no idea. But, I mean, maybe maybe you try and utilize that young kid a little bit, see what he can do, uh, you know, see what kind of fight he has, Sonny. You know what I mean? You don't don't pick a guy five overall or four overall, whatever it was, and and not test him in the the red zone, see what he's made of, see, see what kind of toughness he's got. I mean, the kid went to Western Michigan. I'm sorry, he didn't face elite uh, competition in that in that conference that he played in college. So, right. I mean, you got to get him spun up on the NFL, and you got to do it quickly. And and kind of not using him in the red zone, I think could have, you know, I think it hurt. I think it hurt the Titans yesterday. So, um, I but again, right. I mean, you're, you're talking about 20 rushes compared to what 40 passes or something like that. I think, yeah, I think the Titans could yeah. have done a better job balance, you know, balancing the, yep. the run in the pass. So, I think that's what hurt them too. Yep, take uh, you. You're, you're absolutely right as far as that. You know, got to balance it out. Talk about that all the time. Now, a couple of the things, you know, that kind of shocked me. Although we picked them, Cuervo, it's the way they the way they won. How about the Rams all over Indianapolis yesterday? They put up a forty burger on the Rams uh, yesterday, and then Carolina. Um, you know, even though or um, the even though that whole situation with Carolina, it, it was a big one. I think though the game that really kind of shocked everybody in reality came down to that Seattle-Green Bay game. And the fact that the Green Bay Packers do what they always do, they do just enough to get the job done to get the victory. Uh, so I liked what I saw in the Rams game yesterday. I liked that Car- that Carolina got a solid victory over a bad football team like they should have. But the game yesterday, mm-hmm. the Seattle-Green Bay game, was one of those good ones that, you know, it just shows why we think – I. I think you might even agree why we think the Green Bay Packers are going to uh, win and get into the Super Bowl because they didn't get off and running, but they finished up. They figure out a way to get that victory yesterday over that tough Seattle team. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, um, I'm probably going to throw up on my mouth a little bit, Sonny, but Green Bay's defense did a hell of a job. I mean, I'm what talking- the hell? They finally got a defense uh, and it really surprised me, but you know what? And I even made a comment yesterday in in our little group chat. It, it, it even though it was a good game, and even though I picked, I think we both picked Green Bay to make it to the Super Bowl, and Seattle yeah. is the runner up. I'm I'm really starting to second guess if that's going to happen. And, and the reason I say that is, man, Sonny, these offensive lines for both of these teams stink. At least they did yesterday. But they yeah. stunk it up. I mean, the second Russell Wilson snapped the ball, he was pressured. The second uh, Aaron Rodgers snapped the ball, he was pressured. So, in reality, that's got me concerned. 
if you're a Seahawks or a Packer fan, you have to be worried about, man, is this offensive line going to get it together or is Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers going to have to run around the whole season and hope that they don't get creamed by a, by a defensive lineman? Because, I mean, the, the offensive lines for both of these teams, bad. I mean, it yep. was bad. Um, Very bad. So with that, with that said, I mean, good game. I mean, it, it was, you know, two, two of the best teams in the NFC. But, I mean, when you really look at the game, when you really break it down, these offensive lines were, were abysmal, both of them. So, yep. you know, and, it, it, and just, it just wasn't a good showing. They... Well, and that's why it was such a low-scoring game, too. Yeah, they did what they always do, Cuervo, for the last three years, okay? They put Aaron Rodgers under a lot of pressure in order for him to win. And whether that's offensive line or not getting the job done. And, my God, I mean, he, he, I think he even threw an interception. Aaron Rodgers don't throw a lot of interceptions. That one was bad, by the way. Um, well, you know, he threw but two, but one of them didn't count. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I, I look at that game, and uh, although it was 17-9, to 9, Seattle, you know, it, 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 Seattle's exactly what I expected this, uh, this week, Cuervo. And I, it's what I expect from them quite a lot this season. Um, you, know, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. depending on their schedule and everything, against these, you know, kind of really good football teams, I don't think they show up. They're, they're going to beat – they're going to beat the, the – uh, well, I won't even say that. They might have a fight against the Rams, but they're going to beat San Francisco, you know, a couple of times. They're going to have a fight. So if they win, if they split between the Rams, I think they'd better be happy um, because I think one of those is going to be a loss, um, you know, especially if uh, Goff and company decide that they're going to get a little bit confidence behind what they do. So when Seattle goes to LA, that might be a fight for them. But the rest mm. of the season, I think, is going to be a real big challenge for Seattle to show up and play consistent every single week, and that might be a problem for them. All right, Sonny, I'm going to tell you just like you tell me about your Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't be fooled by the Rams' performance yesterday. Okay, oh, I, I'm I'm not going to be fooled by him. Definitely, really, I, really. What it comes down to is the Colts stink. They are horrible, and I'm telling you, God, whether it's Pagano bad. or whether it's Marvin Lewis, one of these guys are gone before the end of the season's over. Especially if oh. if they can't get Andrew Luck back on that field, I mean. You, you might as well. He's you not going to well be back this. next week, Cuervo. He's not going to be back next week. And no. what's going to end up happening? You know what's going to end up happening? It's going to get desperation time for him, and then they'll have to bring him back when he's not ready, and then he's going to get hurt yet again, and then we're not going to see him out on the football field. See, it's almost writing itself right now, Cuervo. But that's what stupid teams do, and, and I really hope that the, the Indianapolis Colts are not a stupid team. If, if that's the case, and okay, if Andrew Luck can't be back by the midway point, put him on IR. Honestly, just put him on IR. Uh, unofficially tank the season, and get you go go get you a good draft pick. Okay, go get you a, 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 you know a, a lineman or go get you somebody on defense that can make it can be a difference maker. Um, you know, do something to really help this franchise get back on their feet and go hire yourself a coach that really can 
make an impact on this football team because if Andrew Luck can't be back by midseason, is it worth saving, Sonny? Is it really worth saving? The defense sucks. Well, you've got to remember the A traditional AFC South, yeah, it could be fine. But look at look at what they got, okay? They have Arizona at home I'm, next week. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what Cardinal team shows up, that's going to be that that will be good for Indianapolis. Then they got the Browns. That should be good for the for them as they move on. And then after that, uh, they get Seattle, you know, and this is that game that I'm talking about. It, it's that, those kind of games that Seattle, will they show up? I don't know. But they got San Francisco, Tennessee, Jaguars, Cincinnati, and Houston after that. I mean, they got five in a row that they're capable of winning. They should win either Arizona or Cleveland. So, you know, depending on how it goes, you know, if they could get if they could get four wins, you know, before they get Andrew Luck back, that would that would be nothing but success. But that looks bad, and it wasn't necessarily because of the offense. It was bad. That defense was pretty pathetic. But then again, when was the last time we talked about the Colts' defense actually being good? We haven't. Okay, and and I'm going to talk to Melvin Bullitt about that. He's uh, one of our sponsors of the uh, Raleigh Eagles varsity football team. He was a former cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts, and we'll talk about the the reason why the Indianapolis Colts haven't been put it together. That one's going to be fun uh, to talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say, but you know, no, and you're right, Sonny. I mean, Indianapolis hasn't had a good defense since arguably when Bob Sanders and Dwight Freeney were in their prime. So exactly. it's been a long time. That's a good point. It's been a long time. But, but, and then it was the secondary that was the problem. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with that said, I mean, I, I already expected that from the defense, the offense though, just, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess I really can't expect much from Scott Tolzien. Um, I guess my only – I'll tell you what, though. When Jacoby Brissett came in, um, you know, you talk about uh, igniting something there. I mean – Exactly. I, I, if I'm Chuck Pagano, I think I might start to, uh, Jacoby Brissett next week. What's I think the I'm, I'm really You're right. considering it. I, uh, what would be the difference? By the way, Tolzien's so bad that Stephen A. Smith can't even spell his name. That's how bad Tolzien was. I was I, I get uh, <laughs> Stephen A. stuff that he misspelled his name, and not only that, he wasn't close. Um, so uh, you know, he, he, when when I heard that he was starting, there, there's absolutely no way, and, and it, it don't even matter. You know, Tolzien is is that career backup quarterback. Um, that just, you know, it is what it is. And it wasn't good and it wasn't pretty. Uh, so five minutes left to go here, Cuervo. Let's hop on really quick tonight's game. Uh, we got two of them, Minnesota. I'm just hoping that Zimmer it can see the football field. I picked Minnesota to win this game over uh, the uh, Saints. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I want to get an update on Zimmer. I know that sounds stupid, but I want to know what his vision is like. Because, you know, as good as Zimmer is, and he is great, um, I think he needs to see the field. And that could be a detriment towards the, the Vikings, you know, depending on what 
his situation is. But I have Minnesota as well as Denver uh, for tonight's game. Uh, what are you looking for him really quick in those two games? Yeah, Sonny, so we're, we're both in agreement on both of those games. I got Minnesota and I got Denver winning their games. Um, you know, as far as Zimmer's concerned, I mean, he's a defensive coach, so I'm really expecting to see a lot of pressure on Drew Brees and, um, you know, trying to get him to force some turnovers and things like that. Um, you, if you let Drew Brees get comfortable in the pocket, he's going to take you apart. So you basically, you can't let Drew Brees get comfortable in the pocket. Um, right. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the, the rookie Dalvin Cook, the running back for the Vikings from Florida State. I want to see how he looks, um, especially winning the starting job over a veteran in Latavius Murray. That speaks volumes about how he played in the preseason and just overall what the coaches think and, you know, as far as how he looks uh, in, in, you know, in the starting role. So looking forward to seeing that, um, you know, and obviously I want to see, you know, if Drew Brees still got, he still has it, you know, and he's still got the good arm that we're used to seeing. Um, so it should be an exciting game, especially when the Saints have the ball. It'll be exciting to watch. In the second game, I mean, Chargers, Broncos, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't expect much out of either of these teams this season. So, really, what it comes down to is, uh, you know, the quarterbacks. You know, Phillip Rivers is going into his, what, 13th season or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, how is how is he going to look? And then for Denver, I don't know if, if Simeon's going to get the, the nod. Is, is Did Brock Osweiler move up to the starting job? You know, which who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos, let alone how are they going to look, you know, with uh, with Jamal Charles in the backfield. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, and obviously you already know what you get from Denver's defense, one of the best in, in the NFL. So, um, you know, I mean, the Chargers-Broncos, it's always a good divisional game. Um, they traditionally end week one on Monday night. So, um, you know, just kind of looking forward to see – to see how the how Rivers looks, how the starting quarterback for the Broncos look, and then when the Saints have the ball, it's going to be exciting. So, but uh, yeah, Minnesota, Denver are my picks for tonight. Yeah, those are my picks too. You know, I, I, to be honest, I just I, I kind of just went with the with, with really the favorites in those games. Those two are the favorites in that game. Uh, so that. You know, I I want to see them on the football field. Those those teams, uh, I I think you know, just kind of looking at the personnel. The only thing that worries me a little bit about Denver is that they don't have Wade Phillips back there. So that's one thing that worries me a little bit as far as the defensive side of the ball is concerned. But take away from that offense, you know, I think should be there. And frankly, if Brock Osweiler's not starting, it why do they go getting? Uh, so I think Brock Osweiler should be starting in that game without question. Now, that having been said, right, go ahead, Cuervo. No, I was going to say, especially what they're paying him. They're paying him peanuts, you know, compared Absolutely. to what he was making. Yep, and they got him a lot cheaper than what they would have got him for if they agreed to terms with him. So they got to really be happy about that. So that exactly. having been said, Thursday night's game is – it's an ugly game, Cuervo. I don't know if we're going to get back on there, but we might as well just preview it now. It is the 
Texans versus the Bengals in Cincinnati. Oh, my God, how bad is this? I mean, uh, this is just an ugly football game, Cuervo. And, you know, Houston, you know, they got they got their butt hand. At least they got a little positivity working at the quarterback position. This is mm-hmm. the game that the Bengals, if they're going to be worth a squat, they need to get this game, by the way, because of that loss of last week. Um, because I think they should have won that game in reality, although I didn't, you know, pick them. Uh, that, that being said, um, when I look at that football game, uh, I I don't even know who to pick because it's so bad. Well, maybe I can help you out, Sonny. And, and I'm and I'm strictly judging based off of what I saw in Week One. Houston's going to win this game. I mean, Houston just it just feels like they have a better flow in their offense, even with a rookie quarterback, um, Andy Dalton. Again, that whole Bengals offense just looks, I mean, like I said, flatter than a year old Coke. So. Um, you know, my initial thought is uh, Houston. Houston should have no problem against Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati could turn it around, and they could put up a forty burger against Houston. But my initial thought right now is that is that the Texans should win this game pretty convincingly. Um, I don't expect Cincinnati to to put up another goose egg, um, but just based on how flat Cincinnati looked. I think I'm leaning towards – I'm definitely leaning towards Houston to win this game. Well, I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go with the Bengals just for almost exactly the opposite of what you're saying. I mean, they, they've seen that performance. They've already looked over the film. They know they got to get better. I don't think there's going to be a five-turnover performance from Andy Dalton in this game, you know, four interceptions and a fumble. I don't expect that. However, it could happen because of climbing, because of uh, uh, J.J. Watts. Now, Watts kind of hurt himself yesterday. I don't know. I forget what the injury was, but he kind of hurt himself. Do you, do you remember what it was? Uh, for J.J. Watts? No. Yeah, J.J. Watts. I, I know he went out of the game for a little bit because I remember uh, listening, um, you know, and w- w- watching yesterday. He went out of the game as far as the injury was concerned. Uh, but uh, I think it was a finger uh, finger injury. That's what it was. It was a, a pinky or something like that. Oh, well, that's not too bad. I mean, he'll probably tape it up and be back out there on Thursday. So I think probably he'll be fine. So. Yeah, so I mean they got they got a defense coming at them. I, you know I don't know if that offensive line is going to hold back the Texans defense, but I just can't sit here and honestly think that we're going to get the same performance from Andy Dalton this week as we did last week. If I turn over game, uh, usually quarterbacks who are halfway decent respond a little bit to that kind of thing. So I'm I'm just going to go the other side. Uh, because I don't trust the Texans, you know, even with their new little quarterback that they're really happy about, and they should be. Um, but, you know, this is a Thursday night game. It is in, uh, you know, in Cincinnati. So all things point in reality to the Bengals winning this game. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the, I, I mean, the, the, probably, the Bengals are probably favored by three over the Texans, so I'm just going to roll with that uh, for Thursday's game. And you're on mute there, Cuervo. 
and I might have lost Cuervo. He might have had to go back to work. So, um, you know, as far as where he's at and stuff, because we were going to end up on that note anyway. So that having been said, that's what it all looks at a good uh, good week number one in Sorry the NFL. About that, We're going to be looking at week number two when we come back, um, you know, next Sunday. Uh, don't forget about the pregame show of the Rowlett Eagles as they are uh, going to hit the road. They're going to be taking on Plano. The uh, pregame show will be up Thursday night or Friday morning. And then the live play-by-play of the Rowlett Eagles taking on Plano at Jack Clark Stadium. So, for Cuervo, who we lost here a couple of seconds ago, I am I'm here, Sonny. Oh, he's there. All right, there he is. Have Cuervo, have yourself a good day, my friend. You do, you do the same, Sonny. Enjoy the games tonight. You betcha. You betcha. Have fun watching the games and everybody enjoy. We'll catch you next time here on the Couch of the Table Sports Show. I am so surprised. Hard to get you next to the We're out of here. Bye-bye.